You have reached the voicemail box of Speed Dial with Ira Madison III and Doreen St. Felix. This week, we're talking with the one and only Kelly Rowland, the true gay icon. We're also bringing back our segment, Keep It, where we'll talk about celebrities and their Halloween costumes and Drake's new music. Finally, we'll be closing with some feedback. Leave a message. Ira, it took everything in me to not get on a plane to go to L.A. to be able to be in that room with you and Kelly. I'm just like, I'm dying. Can you please call me immediately and tell me how it went, what she smelled like? I need all the information. Pay me back. I'm still shook from my meeting with the one and only Kelly Rowland, icon, flawless, singer, actress, you know her. She used to be in Destiny's Child. Now she's slang on her own. We got to talk about her upcoming fifth studio album and her makeup line for All Created Equal. I stopped into Ulta Beauty in Los Angeles and... We had a quick chat. Here's my interview with Kelly Rowan. Thank you so much for um, joining me today. Thank you for having me. I want to jump right in and talk about uh, your event um, mm-hmm. about breast cancer yes. awareness. Uh, can you tell me a bit about what led you to this cause? Well, this is something that Ulta does, and I was more than elated when I was invited to be a part of today because we're amongst women who are incredibly strong, who have inspiring stories, um, and they deserve to be pampered. And that's exactly what Ulta Beauty wanted to do with them for them today. And when they invited me, I was like, I'm there. And Mm -hmm. I was just so excited. So it's really cool to get a chance to sit with the ladies and talk to them and, you know, hear about uh, the different uh, phase that they're going through, whether it's with the cancer or, you know, it's with, uh, they're just their personal stories. And um, I'm just happy to be here on today. And this isn't your first, like, foray into doing sort of, you know, like, um, pampering sort of with women. I know you have your Mm. uh, makeup line. Um, Can you tell me a bit about what inspired you to make that as well? Did you find that sort of being darker skinned, you found that when you were dealing with makeup artists, maybe they didn't know exactly how to, you know, make up a black woman. Um, And you were like, let me just do this myself. The first time I went to Europe, I remember uh, there was a makeup artist there and she didn't have a color close to my skin color. (laughs) And she felt like because she had one shade that was for, you know, two of the other ladies that it would just work for me since I was a black girl. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, that, that was a memory that was embedded in my brain and burned in my brain. And mm-hmm. I would, ever since then, I was like, I'm going to do a makeup line one day. Mm-hmm. And um, I also wanted it to be not just for chocolate girls. It's okay. called For All Created Equal. Okay. And I wanted it to be for all women, created equal. Okay. Uh, so all of their skin tones will show up in this in this makeup line so that nobody feels alienated the way I was uh, made to feel alienated, you know, from mm-hmm. makeup. And, you know, even with beauty, I think that sometimes people will try to make you feel like just because your color's up there like you don't belong that that happens with people too and with girls too so i didn't want that for my line and i wanted mm-hmm. it to be for all created equal 
Yeah. And feeling beautiful and sort of empowered has been such a strong message this year, particularly with, you know, you were involved with A Seat at the Table mm-hmm. um, and you were in the visuals for Lemonade. Has that sort of inspired your anything in your new sounds and the music that you want to put out? I think that what I respect about both of my sisters is that they are authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one of my favorite Pink albums is the, the the album where she was talking about her family portrait and she allowed us uh, so yeah. much into her. Misunderstood. That Misunderstood was a great album. Misunderstood was one of the best albums of all time, mm-hmm. by the way, of all time. I and love that album. Absolutely. And uh, Katy Perry's record with Teenage Dream and, mm-hmm. you know, Circle of Drain. Like, all, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, that, but it was her being her authentic self and mm-hmm. letting us in. And I think that above anything, that's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you have to be your most authentic self like there are only so many sexy songs I can sing (laughs) you know what I mean and I think that that's very shallow and I'm over that (laughs) and don't get me wrong like I have sex but I'm not Mm -hmm. you know that's not the only thing that's in my life yeah. And there are other things to talk about. I mean, Here I Am is the perfect sexy <laughs> album. So. Thank you. Well, and, I, and I've been through that phase now. Yeah. So there are other things to talk about. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm excited about talking about those things this next record. Great. And you've, circling back to Europe, you've had great success there I as well. I love it. There. So uh, can you tell us a bit about um, success there versus success here? Um. I kind of feel like they've really leveled out. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I think that um, coming from a group like Destiny's Child, we uh, were there for months at a time. And I think that we definitely sowed some seeds over there with some beautiful people all over Europe, all over Africa, all Mm -hmm. over Asia. And I'm just grateful to have fans over there still Mm -hmm. who want to see me or want to hear music. Like, (laughs) it's a blessing. So I'm just grateful for that time. Those 12 and 13 hour days that we were only 17 and 18 years old have definitely, you know, remained a beautiful place in our life that I can call myself an international artist as well. Mm -hmm. And the teaser that you recently put out Uh is amazing. So the the song that you uploaded, oh, conceited? yeah, I love that. I love conceited. <laughs> I love that record. It's not. I mean, it's not even. You didn't even hear the finished product. Okay, so, so there's more to come. There is definitely more to come. <laughs> Any sort of interesting collaborations that we can look forward to? Um, not yet. I mean, when it comes to collaborations, I think they happen organically. I haven't heard anything just yet. Like a quick story about motivation. I remember uh, Wayne and I were in the same studio. And he simply heard the record, and a week later, I got his verse back. So I just like for them to happen right, (laughs) you know? It Mm -hmm. shouldn't be anything that's forced. That is the last thing motivation is. Probably my number one. Hey! Listen, when you are in, like, West Hollywood, you rarely hear, like, hip-hop and, like, R&B, like... If you're in like the gay discotheques, yes. um, but the gay <laughs> watering fun, holes, by the way. but yeah, which I, well, I, you know, that's where I go. But um, that they always play you. Oh, thank so, you. So um, I love I'm it. Grateful, yeah. grateful, very much. <laughs> thank you so much you for, um, for being me. with me today. Thank you for having me, and you have the cutest nose. Oh, uh, I have a nose obsession. I don't know where it came from. But yeah, you have a really cute nose. Thank you. (laughs) I'm putting that on my Tinder profile. (laughs) (laughs) I'm putting it on my Tinder profile.
D train to Brooklyn. What's up? <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my God. I can't even stand you. When you come to New York later this week, I know we're going to be a mess. But yes, my new nickname, everybody, is D train to Brooklyn. <laughs> What do you mean, what's up? What's up with you? Um, I think you know what's up. I was just with. Kelly Rowland. Calendria. How was it? I feel truly blessed. Um, she is beautiful. She's flawless. The skin. I mean, to even get that to even get that skin, I would need to bathe in cocoa butter for a week, like Lazarus. You <laughs> Black Lazarus. Black Lazarus. You say that. But the selfie that you dropped of you two, you're both equally beautiful, like my equally beautiful brown-skinned idols. You look amazing in that selfie. Um, should I put that selfie on Tinder? I have more, too. I have more photos that I'm ready. You know, I want to leave the internet shook. <laughs> you should Not only should you put it on Tinder, but you should also, like you said, put that quote of her saying that you have a cute nose. You should put that in your bio. Thank you. Maybe that will get me someone besides these fraudulent men who have been in my life lately. Oh, no. Is it? Are you talking about the guy that you went um, to see Medea with on a date last week? <laughs> no, I actually canceled um, seeing Medea because I got free tickets to see Kanye. And so you stood up this poor guy? Kanye over white men. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, that's that's fair. I agree with you. He understood as well. Yeah, um, Kanye was lit. I'm actually going again. <laughs> so, um, oh, I guy. really love the St. Pablo tour. Uh, Kanye was giving me everything. Uh, he did the opening part of Famous three times. And I was like, this man is really feeling some type of way about Taylor Swift. But um, I am going to reschedule. And also, the man I'm talking about is someone that I probably mentioned earlier this summer, but I ran into him at a Halloween party, and I don't know. He was talking to me about his current relationship, which was the relationship he was in when we met, and I didn't know about it. And I was like, I was dressed as Joanne the Scammer for Halloween, <laughs> but I was not looking for a scammer. <laughs> But you just attracted them anyway? Oh, my God. I did. And I feel, you know, he went on some, like, thing about how our first date, he didn't know it was a date. And so he was really floored. And I was like, I took you to a movie premiere. Um, and it was not the first time we met either. Um, so I don't know why you thought I was inviting you out except for a date. I don't take riffraff. Random riffraff to movie premieres. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Your your star is way too bright for that. You know what? It's Christmas season now, so luckily, who needs to worry about a man? I'm just going to be listening to the holiday cheer on repeat. Mariah Perfecting Carey. my recipes <laughs> for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um but trying not to eat that much, I actually started taking um, 
these damn training mate classes. So. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get in that personal trainer life. So casual luxury <laughs> Hashtag. also involves fitness. Oh, my God. I I decided this morning that I'm not going to drink for all of November. Really? Yeah. But I'm going to be in town. Oh, damn it. All right. So I'm not going to drink for like three weeks out of November. Okay. Okay. There's no way we can't have Prosecco when, when you're here for this election madness. Also, how are you going to quit drinking before election night? Like, I'm going to be drunk as these results come in but that's the thing i feel like it's so high stakes and the whole situation is making me feel stressed out already seven days before the fact that i cannot possibly also be drunk like i'm just gonna be freaking out and like you and our editors are gonna have to calm me down so i'm doing everyone a favor Well, I think we should finally get the show started <laughs> and stop talking about um, this poor decision of yours to stop drinking and um, these fraudulent as men so that live in Los Angeles. We can talk about other people's poor decisions, one of them being Halloween, as always, super uh, racist this year. Yep, it is time to bring back our Keep It segment. Because Hillary Duff and her boyfriend can keep their whack-ass costumes. <laughs> um, so basically, Hillary Duff is dating this new guy, and they wore a... Um, this is like a really heavy, heavy uh, quotes on this. They wore a couple costume. <laughs> Hillary Duff was dressed as <laughs> a pilgrim. A pilgrim. And he was dressed as their idea of what Native American people look like. This is a very weird idea for a couple's costume because if you've, you know, passed like fourth grade American history, you understand why those two people were not coupled in that way historically. Are you going to go dressed as Oregon Trail next year and her boyfriend's going to go as dysentery? I just don't get... The concept in the first place. <laughs> I also don't get this need of white people to dress up like oppressed people. We literally have this Dakota pipeline shit going on in the yep. news mm-hmm. daily. And you want to flock about dressed as a Native American when I bet you haven't donated a single damn cent to Standing Rock. Or that you even have a sense that this is going on. You know? Yeah. It's like the timing. You Dressing up as an oppressed people is always offensive. But the timing this year in particular was just like so tone deaf. Hillary Duff apologized. And y'all know I love that white girl. She's like on the. I love her too. She's on the list of like eight she's white on, women I, can't, like, I go up for. So I'm accepting this <laughs> apology. But mm-hmm. she better not do it again because she can get off that list in a second. I'm not loyal to anybody. I just want to know, and maybe like one of our white listeners can call in, um, (laughs) why? You know, this weekend I saw so many of these gay men wearing headdresses and nothing else just so they could show off their abs. And I'm like, there are other costumes where you can be a thought 
and not also steal from someone else's culture. It, you know, like, yeah. y'all wear headdresses at Coachella and every other fucking music festival. Like, what's different doing it on Halloween? You wear it 24-7. I just, I don't really understand the the compulsion because it it almost feels like these people do know why it is offensive, but they keep doing it because it's like their weird way of like railing against quote unquote PC culture. You know, that's something that um, a lot of people who think they're contrarian and provocative always invoke when, you know, they do really offensive stuff like this. Like, Oh yeah. Like I'm still going to put on this headdress because y'all are too sensitive. And like, it's not a matter of being sensitive. It's just a matter of like, manners to me i was actually at a halloween store this weekend getting last minute things and there was no joke this white woman with her younger daughter being like i want to dress up as a native american is that politically incorrect <laughs> and i'm like why are you asking your daughter this <laughs> oh my god you should know this by and now you know it's rude yeah you know it's rude and she was like "Ugh, i just want to wear a headdress for what oh my god the day the day that white people i mean they already do but the day that they really start going to like carnival and stuff in trinidad is the day you're gonna have to hold me back because (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean hillary duff that was really bad halloween is always racist next on the docket ira chloe kardashian speaking of halloween So we're going to be talking Listen. about Chloe in general, but also she showed her ass this Halloween. So, Ira, you got to tell the people because I'm tired. I can't. <laughs> so, first of all, if you recall, Beyonce dressed as Storm from the X-Men a few years ago. She did indeed. And her costume was flawless because Beyonce always has a flawless Halloween costume. Last year... They went as what did they go as last year? Because I know this didn't they year do they coming did to America? Coming to America yes, last year. Last year they did coming to America. This year they did Salt and Pepper, and um, also Black Barbie. And Jay Z was dressed as Ken. Black like, Ken. She is always <laughs> killing it with her costumes. So. Like, celebrities know, like, don't fuck with, like, a Beyonce costume. It's true. But the Kardashians are always trying to be Beyonce. They think that Kanye being in their family gives them some sort of proximity to her, which is not the case. Um, Khloe Kardashian decided to dress as Storm for Halloween. Oh, Lord. Listen, so. Girl, she she looked defrosted. (laughs) I don't even read comics like that. I am not the comic person on this podcast. You guys know that. That's Ira. But even I know that Storm is supposed to be A, fine, and B, black. Storm is not a tanned white woman. She also put, she also put like silver glitter makeup on her face, which made Storm look like aluminum foil. And I was just, there was so much going on in this costume. I saw better storms ringing me up at CVS Pharmacy on Halloween. And I think the other thing that made it border on offensive, I just thought it was like 
so hilarious how poorly she executed the costume. But the fact that her current man, who, side note, has a pregnant baby mother right now. Hmm. Hmm. He has, there is a woman right now who is carrying this man's child and he's going around town running around with Khloe Kardashian. He was dressed as Black Panther. And it was just like, the weird way she tries to flirt with racial politics or whatever, like, it is not, it's so old. People are catching up on it, I think. And like, I would say more than any other Kardashian, Chloe's the one who actually wants to be a black woman. Right. I think the others are interested in the aesthetic and they're interested in blackness and bringing it into their families, you know, and like bringing it into their lives. But ultimately, they're valley girls. But I think Chloe actually, like, she's, she's Rachel Dolezal, basically. That's the argument I'm going to make today. <laughs> Listen, I do not think that Chloe knows how to make macaroni and cheese, but <laughs> I would, if a gun was pointed at me, I would eat Rachel Dolezal's. I mean, low-key, this isn't the first time we've, not defended, but been a little bit like, all right, Rachel Dolezal, she's a mess, but she knows how to do hair. You know she knows how to cook. Like, she named her son Langston. Right. <sighs> she's really in it for the long <laughs> haul. next Um, our final speaking keep it segment but speaking of kardashians and halloween costumes i thought that kylie jenner's halloween costume was flawless it was great like she was dirty extina which iconic video iconic christina look you know I'm always talking about Christina Aguilera. So you knew that I would love <laughs> this costume, which I think is the best thing Kylie Jenner's ever done. I thought it was also funny in this way because it's like a lot of the criticism that Kylie Jenner gets right now. Christina Aguilera got versions of that when she came out with Stripped mm-hmm. because she was so, yeah. you, you know, a lot of the songs were about bearing herself physically and she was all about, like, celebrating her body. And she had gotten a little thick from the genie in a bottle days. And all these people were ragging on how she looks, which is sort of similar to what Kylie has to deal with. Um, and so I loved mm-hmm. – it felt like there was a real affinity there. Like, she wasn't just dressing up as a character. She was dressing up as somebody who, you know, she was actually influenced by when she was, you know – she's probably, like, six, honestly, when that album came out. But Which is so weird. The concept of a white woman being inspired by another white woman (laughs) dressing up as her instead of dressing up as a black woman or a Native American. It's almost as if white people have their own icons and culture to borrow from for Halloween. That's so shocking. Oh, my God. You shady little man. Next up. Drake um, decided to bless us with some new music this weekend because he is always, I feel like Drake is always releasing a new album or a mixtape. Like, I literally think that's all that man does is go into the studio and record a new song and then drop it. I'm surprised that bless is the verb that you decided to use because it's not the one that I might have used. 
to talk about okay, these you know, music? I like fake love. I like fake love. I think it's a very good song. He released great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> Drake released a bunch of songs on OVO Sound this weekend. He released a song called Fake Love. He released uh, Sneakin' with 21 Savage. And he released Two Birds, One Stone, this really, really fucking rude diss track against Kid Cudi, who is currently in rehab. So maybe Drake could have kept that. Um and then, like, some other whatever nonsense. But I think Fake Love is a really good song. And I think it's classic Drake. It's like R&B Drake, which I like when he stays in that lane and stops trying to pretend that he is releasing, like, the rap album of the century. <laughs> if he would have released an album of Fake Loves and, like, Controla and shit, views would have been so much better. I agree. And I think the reason why... Drake especially keep it that I'm voting keep it this week on him is because when he puts out a track like that and, you know, the line about Cuddy um, is something to the effect of you used to be the man of the man on the moon, which is a reference to Cuddy's album. And then he says, but now you're just going through your phases. And he talks about like his drug use and stuff and why he's in rehab. The reason why it's not effective is not even because it's harsh, in my opinion, but because that's not Drake's consistent personality. You know, he can't right. oscillate between being Afrobeat Drake and then being like R&B crooner Drake and then being Apple's um, mascot drake and then all of a sudden you want to be like a rapper who's like putting out like subs like that it's just like it's not believable mm. and it makes it feel totally commodified and so i don't even see it as a shot really because it's like at the end of the day you're not about that life and when cuddy asks you on twitter he is and that's something kanye recognizes because that's why kanye has been apologizing him apologizing to cuddy for like three weeks straight at every show that he does uh, he did not apologize to Cuddy at my show. Okay, so maybe record. not that night. But you know what I'm talking about. He's been, you know, no, taking back know, his words. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, listen, even in them skinny jeans, Kid Cuddy is not somebody to fuck with. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> he got that HBO money for one. That's because true. Because he was in the Entourage movie and he was in How to Make It in America. So... HBO versus Apple. Let's go. <laughs> so that was Keep It This Week. Essentially everything. No, Nothing passed our test, honestly. Not Chloe, not Halloween. Definitely not Drake. And here we are back with our feedback segment, where we invite listeners to call in to our hotline, leave us a message, and ask us anything they want. Here's this week's call from a longtime listener named Ava. Hey, guys. This is Ava. I'm a longtime admirer, first-time caller. New York has really been getting me down lately. It's too noisy, too phony. Rich people have made it impossible to live here. 
but it's always in my home. My family is here. My friends are here. I'm afraid to uproot my life and give another city a shot. Should I give New York a second chance, or should I move away? And if so, where? Thank you. Thank you, Ava. This is such a good question for both of us, since we've both lived in, lived in New York. And I've actually, I was born here. I'm a native New Yorker. I'm a rarity, a blue diamond. Yes, and I'm one of those rich people that moved to New York. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that company you used to work with, they made you super rich, didn't they? <laughs> 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 wow wow that was a dr- that was a drag <laughs> you know i don't care it's because you're rubbing off on me <laughs> um, um that's a really good question though girl i think so too um i've actually been feeling very similarly at this point i've been in new york for i mean i'm 24 the four years that i wasn't here i was in college but so all my life really And I have decided that maybe what I need to do is maybe just spend a few months in another city because there's something about New York where it feels like very – it just feels like you'll always end up coming back here, right? Like you probably have a sense of – because your family's here, maybe when you are really trying to settle down, you might end up in the city eventually, But I think it's a good idea, you know, if you can work it out with your job, if you can work remotely or if there are offices in other cities to kind of check out places like Atlanta, places that are still cosmopolitan sites, but would give you a different vibe and maybe give you different space and you wouldn't have to deal with the sort of gentrification that's happening in in the city right now. So I would suggest giving yourself little three to four month pockets so you can test it out. And if you find, like a lot of people do, that you don't miss New York, pack up your shit and go. Break that lease. Do what you got to do. LA is lit. Ira can tell you about LA. (laughs) It's lit. I love it here. Um, I mean, to be honest, I always feel like New York wants me, but New York can't have me, honestly, (laughs) truly. Love it out here. Um, And I go back to New York enough. Since I work at MTV now. So, uh, I mean, I'm going back in a few days. So, maybe you just need to be about that bi-coastal life. But I do want to suggest that you give some other cities a chance. Because I love New York. Um, But it's not for everybody. Sometimes you just want to, like, not see all those damn people. You know? On your way to work. Like, you don't want to be surrounded by all these damn people on this train um you don't want to hear showtime shouted in your ear um (laughs) when you're trying to read um you know your new jonathan franson novel or whatever um i'm only mentioning jonathan franson because it's doreen's favorite author you're so um (laughs) i don't know what i'm gonna do with you wherever you move to ava make sure it's not where ira lives Thank you so much for sending us that voicemail. Again, we encourage everybody, if you got some questions, you need some advice, call us at our voicemail hotline. The number is 424-354-9335. Again, that is 424-354-9335. 
Doreen, I gotta go. Um, but I also want to let our listeners know that I'm going to be joining Pop-Up Magazine's Fall Tour. Um, I'm going to be at their Los Angeles stop on Thursday, November 3rd, which will be at the Theater at the Ace Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Tickets are on sale now at popupmagazine.com. I'll be doing a live piece on my favorite sparkling water beverage, LaCroix. Yeah, if you're in L.A., please go see Ira. Ira is also going to be coming to New York right after that. So our podcast next week will be face-to-face. I can't wait to be a mess with you in the studio. Um, Hopefully we don't get fired. (laughs) We probably will, um, which is why you should go to popupmagazine.com and get tickets to this pop-up magazine tour. When you see me, give me some money. I may need it. Just saying. All right. Thank you. I will see you soon. Bye. This episode of Speed Dial was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Upta Mohan, and Kasha Mahalowicz for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you can find your favorite podcasts. 